This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Have you ever been to a volcano? When it was erupting? You're now listening to Super they're a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game. It's pretty. It's so pretty. He just won a fucking wall. That's what you said, man. Well, I'm supposed to be a franchise player, and we're in here talking about Super Hoopers. That's terrible. Welcome to Super Hooper Podcast. I am your host, Matt Hill, and with me is my co-host, my brother in basketball, John Hill. John, how you doing? Man, I am great. <laughs> wow. Singing. Singing yeah. today. So uh, good. All right. Well, let's we got to do a singing episode. Yeah, we could do a whole <laughs> musical episode. I'm sure it would be super popular. Yeah, because yeah. uh, <laughs> I can't I sing. I cannot sing. Okay. Although um, I was in a boy band uh, when I lived in Japan. We'll save that uh, Save that story for another time. Do we have to say that? Can we just jump right in? What is the- I mean, that's pretty much the story. I, was, I lived in the middle of nowhere in Japan, and I was in a boy band because, you know, there were like nobody around basically so i got drafted into a boy band performed at a few uh, county fairs but i didn't have to do any singing john i just had to learn how to like do the choreographed dancing in the background wait stuff. you're being serious you, <laughs> i'm being 100 serious. you actually like dance in a boy band yeah uh in japan in yeah in rural japan it's not like tokyo or oh okay so yeah. it's like the minor leagues of boy bands yeah even less than that but it was more like just the local young men in the town wanted like a token white guy to be in their little boy group that performed you know at like gotcha basically for old ladies essentially was the audience at wherever we, we went because gotcha. it was like you know these just little town festivals just nothing yeah, yeah, like yeah. it wasn't i'm not saying i'm justin timberlake of japan all right no you were like the uh uh, the Jackie Robinson of, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaking, breaking barriers Breaking barriers, yeah Breaking barriers, alright, enough about the, But there is, a, there is video of it uh, Oh man, that's sometime. so good You asked my wife um, I will Let Enough about that, but today on the pod we're talking uh, Sacramento Kings Stuff that happened last week I could not stay away from, so I want to get John's opinion on it Then John and I will probably fight yep. about uh, Jaleel Okafor Yep, uh, and advanced stats in general, and then we have an exclusive interview. I have an exclusive interview, actually, John, uh, with yeah. the uh, the designer of Jimmy Butler's uh, fish tank stereo combo. Wow, I can't wait to hear that. Track him down. I, oh, really? Down. Yep. I can't yeah, wait yeah, to, yeah. We'll play to, to hear you play the tape, play the tape of you interviewing this guy. It's gonna be great. Uh, all right, so Kings. So this is. I mean, this is last. This is a little bit of last week's news, but I, I find it fascinating. Um, and they've they've righted the ship a little bit since then, since since Boogie's been back. Um, but for you know, just to refresh your memory, last week basically, Boogie yells at George Carl. Boogie gets pissed. He yells at George Carl. George Carl wants to suspend him. 
Vlade Divac, the GM, says, no, 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 no. You cannot suspend him. Isn't it more like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, if you're going to do, yeah. Smoking. No, 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 no. No, you cannot suspend George Carl. That's like Russian. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I don't know, know what Vlade sounds uh, like. I'll work on my Vlade. Yeah. He's like, no, you can't suspend him. Boogie is great. Um, <laughs> Are you boring? Boogie number one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> my man. boogie. Uh, all right. And well, they I'll, chose I'll you out. for the Japanese boy band? Yeah, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> well, look, I told you, there's no. there was literally no uh, white okay. guys for 600 right, miles, right, and right. I wanted a token white guy. All right, all right. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right, all right. So, 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 Vlade, uh, Vlade says, no, George, you can't suspend him, right? And also, the team's like one and seven at this point, and Vlade starts to think, oh, maybe I should fire George Carl. We've only had three coaches in, in a, less than uh, a year and a half. Maybe I should fire him. So he goes to the entire team. The team has a, has a players-only meeting. Vlade shows up, and he's like, hey, everyone, uh, should I fire George Carl? What do you guys think? <laughs> okay, and meanwhile... Meanwhile, Vivek is so clueless, but this is all happening like no, in the locker yeah, room. Yeah. And no, no one's come out and denied it. Vivek is so clueless. He's trying to bring Drake into the locker room the whole time. So he's good. like, hey guys, I'm hanging with Drake. Like, aren't I cool? So this this is the Sacramento Kings, all right? This this is this is a this is an actual NBA franchise. Ugh. And so I just want to tackle this like from all I just I'm so I just so confused. And I want you to help me sort it out. So, okay. Vivek Ranadive, the owner of the Kings. Absolutely love the guy. He is obviously, he's super rich. Super rich. Okay. He must be smart. Very smart. But how could he be so, how could someone that smart and that rich be so bad at running a basketball team. Well, did you read uh, Malcolm Gladwell's article? No, but story? I know he pre-profiled him in his book, right? He profiled him in his book, and I, and I read it. So Vivek basically, like, came up with this system for his daughter's basketball team mm-hmm. where he realized, my team is not good enough. Like, we're not good at basketball, so we have to outthink them. And basically, right. they employed, like, a full-court trap at all times. Right. And I, I, I read it a long time ago, but, like, it was basically... A team would show up and they would hit him with this full court trap and this like crazy technique. I think they fouled him a lot. There was like all these weird things, Mm -hmm. but it worked. Mm -hmm. Like they did really well. Right. And I think they did, if I remember, was it them that did the cherry picking? No. So Vivek, yeah, this is like one of the things that came out last year. Vivek wanted to do four on five. But I wonder if that came from his. I think it was based on his his daughter. Yeah. But also, okay. And everyone makes fun of Vivek for this four on five. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? But if you ever play pickup, like yeah, cherry picking like really works. It really works, and it's really annoying. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, because it kind of makes sense. Like I used to play pickup in the in, uh, near my house, and there was this one team, and it was like all like old guys basically. Yeah, and there was one guy on their team who just stayed. Uh, he just cherry picked the entire game. He never crossed half court. Yeah, and they would beat us. Like he would get that guy would get layups and all the time. Anyways, well, there's a there's a what is it a D two school in that, college basketball that does it where really? a guy scored a hundred and some points. No, but, but it, I think that's just they just shoot a lot. They just shoot a lot really fast. Well, no, he cherry picks at the three point line. Oh, and so he just stays. He, and he says, and they throw it to him, and then he, he just, just shoots shoot. wide open wow, threes. Wow, wow, and he and then or drives in real fast. But yeah, it's basically this but, kind of cherry. Okay, but okay, so, but Ronadive, he's smart. Like, why can he not see? I mean, this this franchise is being awfully run. He's switching coaches out. I mean, he's just going with different coaches, different coaches. He fired the GM. Um, he brought in Vlade Divac, who's obviously who doesn't know what he's doing. Like he, no. I mean, Vlade Divac like messed up the salary cap, made the worst trade in the offseason. 
Like, oh, I mean, yeah. like we could just talk about all the mistakes Vlade has made, and he's been the GM for less than three months. Yeah, no, it's great. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I, as a Sixers fan, I benefit from right. I mean, Vlade he made Diva. that trade where it's like that trade is bad, no matter which part of the trade you talk about. Oh yeah, like oh they traded um, uh, Nick Stauskas for space. Oh they traded Stauskas. Oh they also got a pick swap. What? Oh yeah. they also gave up a first round pick. What? Yeah. Also, oh, the guys they traded, they could have just waived or they could have just stretched. They could have stretched, but apparently he doesn't understand. Also, that. they did this to sign Rajon Rondo. What? Who no one else was trying to Yeah, sign. and Costa, Costa Cufas. It's like, yeah, exactly, who no one was bidding against. Yeah. Well, they wanted... And uh, they didn't even have the guy... Well, no, but I, I know. Oh, I know they wanted Wes Matthews and whoever else. But they didn't even get him. But yeah, also, make have those guys lined up, then make the trade. Yeah. This is kind of the problem I have with the Phoenix trade, where they traded Marcus Morris because they wanted to sign LaMarcus Aldridge, and it was like, why don't you just secure LaMarcus first? Or like... Yeah, you know, once you secure him, like you're going to be able to unload Marcus Morris or Markeith Morris. Morris like Hinky is still going to take your first round pick for nothing. Hinky, He'll still do it. Hinky would have done that trade for a pick swap. Yeah, like you didn't need to throw in Nick Stauskas and oh, yeah. and I mean this is what I'm saying. Like Vlade, why would Ranadive, a smart guy, hire Vlade? Like, can you? Can, can I mean I'm just struggling to see how someone this smart can make decisions that are bad. Everyone sees they're bad. Well, I would say a couple things. Uh-huh. One, this is a, a huge new world for him. Right. So, a whole new, new world. <laughs> All right. Like, I, I like this. Save for the singing episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, any kind of owner who buys something, like, you know, I mean, most businesses right, okay. are, are, so, are in the black for a few so years. So, it's now. like, he just he's rich and he's like, look, I don't care if this team's good or not. I just want to use it to be famous. No, I think. Hang he, with Drake. I think he honestly. One, yeah, I mean, owning the team's probably pretty sweet. Right. And I think he really wants it, but he probably just has no clue. And so his advice is like, okay, well, I got this team. I got this GM. I'm kind of meddling because I think I'm smarter than everyone. You know, like apparently the whole Stauskas. Uh, Stauskas. Oh, Stauskas. yeah, you got to watch that video. If, oh, you, if you haven't seen it, the video, it was, on, well, I don't know if it exists anymore. RIP Grantland. Yeah. It was on Grantland where they went inside the trade room. Or yeah. the the draft room, and it's like, and and uh, basically they bring in all these like kids off the street to do analytics for them. Wonderful. They basically had a contest to see who could do do, do analytics for them, which is just an awful idea because okay, what what message that does that send to the people who's who are doing analytics for you? Like, yeah, we're just we're gonna just going to crowdsource our analytics. <laughs> And then also it's like you don't even have good enough people. Like you can't find someone to do, do good analytics. You have to like put it out to the crowd. I don't know. It just seems like a, it's, it seems like one of those like, oh, what a great idea. But like it just sends the wrong message internally and externally. I agree. <laughs> I, I definitely felt it was more like uh, they were just making the video for kind of fun. Well, maybe it was again what we're saying. Ronadive just wants to be famous. Oh yeah, sure. Bring these cameras in here. They can yeah, watch me do it, this. It felt like that. <laughs> the video was ridiculous. Ridiculous because it was like they bring these analytics guys in, and the analytics guys are like, "All right, your your team is awful. <laughs> you have two good players, Isaiah Thomas and Demarcus Cousins. Those are your only good players. Okay, what do they do? They get rid of Isaiah Thomas. They yep. basically got rid of half their good players. Yeah." And then the analytics guys are like, okay, uh, here's who you should draft. And I forget who it was, but nowhere on the list was Nick Stauskas. No. No, nowhere. No. But Rana Dive in the room, he's like, hey, should we dra- uh, draft Stauskas? And, like, who's going to disagree with their boss when the boss has already clearly made up their mind? You know? Well, yeah, and, and I actually just watched that clip. Uh, his big thing is, like, we need shooters. 
And Stauskas claims he made 99 out of 100 or 97 out of 100 three-pointers in a gym. <laughs> yeah. In a gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, to be fair, they were they drafted ninth. To be fair, I could only make 96. You could only make 96. Out of yeah. 100. Uh, they were, the Stauskas pick was fine. The argument was between Stauskas and Alfred Payton. Right. Which is like, eh. It's, well, you already have Isaiah Thomas. Oh, wait. No, you don't. Yeah. So it's not like the not worst a, pick at nine. It wasn't right. like they picked him, you know, like Willie Cauley-Stein over oh, Moody no. or something. Oh, we'll, get, we'll get to it. <laughs> Willie Cauley-Stein is looking very good on the advanced numbers. Nah, I, I like Willie Cauley-Stein. Uh-huh. But I don't think the Stosses pick was horrible. I mean, he's playing really bad now, but. So what do you so do you think Vivek is just seduced by the fame and he's just like, oh, I have a team now and by all accounts Vlade is a great guy and it's like, oh, I just want to hang out with Vlade all the time, so I'll make him my GM. Well, I think Vivek walked into a situation that was a disaster. Like the right. Kings, the Maloofs, the Kings before them, like they're really, really bad teams. So he walked in feeling and rightfully so, I'm the smartest guy, and he probably was. And he's going to have to learn that he's not the smartest guy, you know, and basketball-wise. Basketball-wise. So I think he's figuring that out. And also they're moving into the new stadium, so I don't think it's like... I think there's a lot of that going on, too, where they don't want it similar to what the Nets but were I understand, doing. But I never understood this rationale, like, oh, we're moving into a new stadium, so we need to be good. Like, why? Why? <laughs> you already got the new stadium. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with it. You already got the new stadium, so what, like... You sell a few more season tickets? Like, well, why don't you just try to focus on being good for a long time, and then you'll build up a fan base? Yeah, no, that's smart. Like, the Nets killed themselves, basically, because yeah. they, yeah, sure, they were okay when they moved into that stadium, but now who's who's going to be a Nets fan? Who's going to want to be a, If I'm a kid growing up in New York, yeah, I'm going with Porzingis. Oh, Absolutely. I'm going with the team that's got the, yeah, got Zingas. Got, oh, you got to go Zingas. Always go Zingas. Always, number always, one rule. Number always one bet rule. on Zingas. Always go Zingas. <laughs> don't, go, um, don't go full Zingas, but go, go Zingas. Go, yeah, yeah. Yeah, save a little. Save a little. Uh, and then, okay, so going back to the Kings, because I still, I just, I just think it's just a fascinating situation. I understand Vlade. I mean, Vlade, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm chilling. I'm this great guy. This guy asked me if I want to be the GM. Of course, I'm going to be the GM, even though I don't know what I'm doing. Like, why see, would you ever okay. turn down a GM now job? That, that's the pick that I, I kind of get because at least he's like, well, here's Vladi Divac, someone who's a basketball player. Right. So maybe he knows about basketball. But he no, come has on. to be. Come on. I mean, that, that era that era of the NBA no, no, and GMs that's is over. I but, mean, you look and, at all these new GMs. They're all. Uh, no, no. And that's my point is that. I kind of get that rationale, but he has to also be smart enough to know that he wasn't the GM. Okay, here's what I'm doing. Okay, here, here's, here's what I do if I'm, if I'm interviewing for a GM, right? I'm doing like a pop quiz status. I'm quizzing the dude on the salary cap. I'm quizzing the dude on advanced analytics just to see, and I'm giving him situations. What do you do, you know? Yeah. Just to see how he thinks, just to make sure he knows his stuff. It's like, But I think the problem with that is does Vivek know that? That's what I'm saying. Like, you're a smart guy. You should figure out that this is the stuff that matters. And you should, like, I mean, he must have hired people in his business that were good, right? Uh, yeah. Like, he's a millionaire. You don't get to be a millionaire. But, I mean, maybe you do. I mean. Is he a billionaire? Yeah, he must be a billionaire. He's got to be a billionaire, right? That's what I'm saying. I never, I can never, when, it's like whenever I, in like the mid-2000s, when you would see a smart, when you see someone driving a Hummer, 
you'd be like, what an idiot. But wait a second. That person somehow got the $70,000 to buy a Hummer. So <laughs> what does that say about me? Yeah. Um, but okay, Vlade, I understand his position, but it's... No, it's, no, I'm saying that was a horrible choice. It's a horrible choice, but I'm saying from, his, from Vlade's perspective, taking the job. Oh, taking the job. Of course he's going to take the job. But like, come on. Like, why would you think that asking everyone if they should fire George Carl is a good idea? That's a horrible move. Like, that is, like, a bad management move. It seems kind of obvious on its face. Like, how would you go about doing that? You'd interview probably the guys one-on-one, right? I mean... (laughs) Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Like, I wouldn't do it in front of everyone. I'd be like, well, DeMarcus, George Carl, yes or no? (laughs) (laughs) My my Vlade is awful. I'm about to edit it out. Your Vlade is a little off. Just a little. Okay, all right. And then, can we talk about Boogie for a little bit? Oh, yeah. Let's get into Boogie. Here's the thing. It's like all those, all, all, all like the nerd, and by nerd I mean in a good way, um, like all those like nerd, like funny basketball writers all love Boogie. And I can't figure it out because I think, I think they love Boogie just because the old white sports writers hate Boogie. And so it's like they're just taking the opposite position because I hate Boogie. Like I don't see what's to like about I don't, Boogie I at don't, all. I don't get it either. And so, and there's always all these anonymous reports or when you listen to certain reporters talk, like it was in a Zach Lowe article, and then I just listened to something with Ethan Ethan Sherwood Strauss, where they basically said, everyone in Sacramento, all the staffers, all the people behind the scenes, all say, he's a jerk, he's an asshole. All the stories you hear about him are true. Like, no one is denying this guy is, I'm not going to say a horrible person, but just basically like an asshole and really makes life hell for everyone around him. The other players, the trainers, everyone. And... I mean, Zach Lowe in his article was like, oh, I think he might make the all-star team this year. And then people behind the scenes were like, no way, because no one's going to vote for him because everyone hates him. My question is, can you win with a guy like that? Like, I understand he's a top 10 player in the league on talent, but is there any precedent for that big of an asshole being the best player on a championship team? I know Jordan's a jerk, but Jordan was just, he was a jerk because he was super competitive. Um. And I know Kobe is kind of a jerk, and that, but that was a problem. Like, the Lakers should have won more championships than they did because Kobe was uncoachable. Um, so I just don't think that you could win with Boogie. Like, I wouldn't – if I would not – I don't want Boogie on my team. No, and I don't either. A lot of people were talking about that. Would you trade our pick for Boogie? And you, by, you, you? You're, you're a Sixers fan. So <clears> would you trade – I mean, I don't know, a first-round pick for Boogie? No. Would you trade multiple first-round well, picks? Well, if the, if the deal was low enough – if they were giving him away, I think you have to take him just because you have to take a. You know what I mean? Right. Like if they were like, "Hey, we want you know a couple shitty picks," I'd be like, "Yeah, of course." But I would not trade anyone of significance, uh, and and any. Wh- I would not trade what he's worth because I don't think that you can, for whatever reason, build a team around him. And people yeah, always I- say he's so good, but. The- but his team's never good. Yeah, his teams are never good. And I think it's because it's like all these guys who are playing with him are like, fuck this guy, man. I'm not going to try. I'm yeah. like, I mean, you see all the stuff he does on defense. It's just like, I, yeah. I mean, like if he was that good, his team's, I mean, look at Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis's team was awful last year. Yeah. And it 40 wins, you know? And that's even, I think Anthony Davis was injured for 20 of those games. Yeah. And, um, but Boogie's teams, they never done anything. I mean, I guess they were nine and five last year before he got meningitis, but, and I guess, they're hovering around 500 now, but still, I mean, he would, he's in his prime. They should be way better than that. 
And yeah, I just don't, I'll go on record that I don't think a team with Boogie as the best or second best player will win a title. The only way he's going to win a title is if it's, he's like 33 or something. And it's like a reclamation project. Like he's on the Spurs or I can see that. that. I could see if he's the second best, but the number one. Okay. I'll say, I don't think he can win a title on the Kings. As, as as the Kings are currently being no run. no like I don't think the Kings could get I I think his relationship with the Kings is broken like I think if if he went to another do team, you think so because I think I don't think so because I think broken in the sense that he would I don't, have demanded a trade by now broken in the sense that like like you said can he be the best player like I don't think the support group whatever they're allowing him to get away with. It will continue. Yeah, also, because Vlade's clearly enabling him. If Carl's exactly. like, I want to suspend him or I want to discipline him, and Vlade's like, no, sorry, you can't. Yeah. Like, like, what I, they, also, what are they afraid of? Like, you discipline him, and then what, he demands a trade? Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, then you just say no. You have him under contract for, like, three years or something. Totally. Like, I could see if he went to a different team in a new situation, and on day one, there was a, like... They, but, but, they put him in place. Right. And maybe, like, he gets traded and it's an embarrassment and he has to swallow his pride. And, like, okay, now I'm playing for Boston. And all the people at Boston, it's like, well, look at the banners. Do you want to be here or not? There's still a chance. I don't think he's, like, like it's similar so. to, like, Rasheed Wallace. You know, like, where yeah, everyone Sheed, was, like, get. get no, but I feel like Sheed was always a good guy. He was just temperamental. Yeah. Like, were people saying she was an asshole? Like, I don't know. I bet there's probably people who felt the same way about Sheed as they do about But it's booking. different because I, feel, I think the only similarities is both those guys were, like, disrespectful to refs and, like, were really emotional during games. I think behind the scenes, I think... I mean, I don't know. I Again, don't know. We're, 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 this is all speculation. This is all speculation. But I would assume that... If you're that mean to a ref, you might be rude to like the Talboy, and then you're gonna get some people saying that. Like, no, I, I, I don't Rashid, think he Rashid was, Wallace, my favorite player of all time. I know, but people didn't like. There was it was the same argument. Would you want him on your team? Right, and okay. there was a lot of like, no. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. But, I but would, he turned I out tra- great. I mean, he won a championship. Yeah, yeah. But he went to the right place with the right people. But I don't him. think. See, right now, I don't think the right places even want Boogie. Like, no. I don't think the Spurs would want no. him. I don't think Atlanta, like a like a good organization, I mean, a good coach or a good development staff like Atlanta would want him. I mean, I guess Boston maybe wants him, but... Boston would probably take him just because he is so much better. To get him. He's so much better than anything else they have. They would finally have a, yeah, a quality player. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, final question for you. You're Vlade Divac. Yeah. First right. of all, get excited. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. How do you fix? I mean, I guess we, this is question is a little a little moot because they are they have looked better. But what would you do in terms of running the Kings? You're running the Kings. What do you do? Hmm. I'd probably trade Boogie. Yeah, I think I, I would, would. I would try to. Get, I would go after Boston. I would go yeah. for. I would just say like, yo, I want all the Nets picks. All, yeah, exactly. Okay, I want all can the we, Nets. Can we picks address something? And Marcus Smart. For listeners to this podcast, you're probably listening to Simmons' podcast too. Simmons is on his podcast constantly saying like, "Trade the Nets pick for Boogie." That is way too little for Boogie. Oh, it's way like too that little. is ridiculous. It's he's way like, too he's, he's acting like it's a, oh I don't know if I would give up the Nets pick. I don't know, and it's like he's clearly seeding that out there to make it to like because he wants that to happen. Yeah. The, 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 this year's Nets pick is not enough to get Boogie. 
No, why I would, would it? I, why like, would I, it? I, I would we don't even up. know what the Nets pick is. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be top five. but Maybe. But, I mean, like, with the top five pick, you kind of... I know Bo- like we're just, you know, trashing Boogie and his personality issues, but with the top five pick, your goal is to get Boogie. <laughs> so yeah, <it's> like, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I think you need to give up all the Nets picks. Uh, yeah, you have to give multiple shots they of grabbing. They have the two Nets picks and the, and the swap. Yeah. I think that's what you would need to give up. Yeah, I mean, if Kevin Love and won... probably Isaiah Thomas, because I don't think those two like each other. Yeah, that's true. And then oh, great, yeah. And then great, you have Isaiah and Thomas. Have Isaiah oh, Thomas. Then, that'd be awesome if they traded if Rondo they trade, back, too. Tra- <laughs> so it's Rondo, Boogie Rondo for Cousins Isaiah Thomas. For and David Lee, pick. three Nets picks, <laughs> and, uh, and Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, I think... But then the trade, trade machine. I think that's probably what I would do, is I think it's probably... I mean, I just think sometimes you just got to move on. Well, I just... Yeah, I don't see a path to building i mean you definitely can't fire carl right now no i you that's that's what that was the huge mistake is is vlad even asking that like if you fire carl you there's no one you're going to replace him with who's going to be better than him not in the middle of the season no so you just have to come out and be like george carl is our coach for this year we're going with george carl make the change in the off season if you're going to make the change trade boogie for picks and whatever young assets you can get i'd say yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Oh, but too bad they gave they have a pick swap with Philly this year, so they I can't know. even tank. They can't even tank. Well, their only hope is they can tank, and that Philly's just garbage too. Yeah, like, you're, like, you're not getting the number one. You're losing whatever. Yeah, you know, if you're if if you're pick swapping with Philly, you're still getting a top four pick. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. you know this year at least. Right, like that's right. that's the end. Yeah, I'm surprised they. I remember listening to Lakers fans, um, and what they wanted for Boogie. And they were like, I've, you know, the number two pick, and I would have done the number two pick, Randall, and maybe Jordan Clarkson. I mean, like, so that, those the that's all of the Lakers' assets. So the Lakers' assets are Clarkson, Russell, and um, uh, Randall. Yeah, yeah. All the, I mean, yeah, sure, probably. But I, I wouldn't take Russell now. I would have taken uh, yeah, that with yeah, yeah. The number two pick is much more well, valuable. Uh, than yeah, pre, pre-draft. It, yeah. I mean, I would have said. Okay, I'm replacing Boogie, but I'm getting one of Towns or Okafor, and then maybe Randall or Clarkson or who you know whatever else you can get. Yeah, that would have been a good deal. Yeah, for the Kings. Yeah, like I said, I don't know if Boogie's personality is resol- resolvable. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, all right. Well, speaking of rebuilding teams, let's move to the Sixers. They have not won a game, so we're not going to get talk about. But that's, that's you true. do want to talk. I, you basically we we're going to have a fight. I think. I mean, we, we, I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to overpromise drama, but <laughs> John, you sent me an article this week, yeah, from Nylon Calculus, which is a like an analytics blog. Yeah, it's a nerd blog. <laughs> it's, it's, and you were pissed off basically because the article said Jaleel Okafor is bad, and I a think, little more than that. I think you just have a little too emotion, uh, um, too many emotions wrapped up in this. No, my, my my big thing. Your the whole thing is you're invested in the Sixers. No, this is, and you need one of these draft picks to turn out. No, okay, all right. This is actually anti. This is has less to do with, with Okafor uh-huh. and more to do with my my some my your caveman my caveman <laughs> ability to stomp out nerds. Okay, all right. And numbers. I I, I look, I want to preface this is I love stats. It's like really great. I'm not like 
I'm no, not. I'm not that guy. I'm not Byron don't. Scott. You're not okay. I'm not Byron Scott. You, I don't. You believe that three is larger than two. I think three <laughs> is a little more than two. Okay, you're okay. I think that's important. You're doing better than Byron. I'm doing better than Byron. I'm not that guy. Uh-huh. Like I don't. It's not like I test only. You know. Right. But I do have issues with people using stats that and trying to justify something that doesn't really exist because it's a combination of both. Like you can't be, you can't just look at the numbers and most stats guys will tell you, we don't just look at the numbers. Well, no, but I think, I think you're, that's, I think people get analytics a little bit wrong sometimes or, or statistics. It's just information. Yes. It's all it is is information. Yes. And so you can interpret that information how you want. Yes. Or you can, if the numbers aren't telling you something you can like, you can maybe try to figure out why that is. I mean, you might be wrong, but like all it is is information. Like Exactly. And that's where I fall in, in line. Like I agree. And what I had a problem with this article was he took that information and made definitive statements that I thought were just So his stupid. information is basically... Uh, and by, it's really... By, by offensive rating and defensive rating, which are slightly complicated to explain exactly what they are but basically they're a measure of points produced and points stopped um yeah for offense and defense and by those numbers um Jaleel Okafor looks really really bad and the Sixers perform better with him off the floor that's the that's what the numbers are saying um now there yes. might be reasons for that there's a lot but of the reasons numbers are saying that yeah that's true, but the numbers also say with Okafor off, our offense is as good as the Clippers and the Spurs. Right. So if you think that, That's I mean, a little bit of small sample size theater because uh, which is what the whole article is because, based on. Well, but I mean, he's making those he's making those caveats. He's saying, look, it's early, it's ten game sample size, which is really really small, but this is but, what the numbers but, are saying. And, and, so, and, and okay. he, I think what he's saying he's saying should we be concerned about Jaleel Okafor? And if he had said that. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Here's what he says. To put in, uh, put it in another wording, the single best thing that the Philadelphia 76ers, a team full of second round and undrafted flyers, can do to win games is benching Jalil Okafor. Right, but I think That's, he's just being... No, he's not. I don't think it is. It's not a funny article. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know? It's not a lot of I don't... I don't yeah, I mean... Like, look, and then between the decision to play or not play any player on their roster, that is the move that makes them the most points better than their opponents so far this season. But that's what he's saying. Is this is what the numbers say. That he's saying, well, then, according to these numbers, these offensive rating, defensive rating numbers, the best thing the Sixers could do is have him off the floor. Now, that could be ridiculous. I mean, it could, it could be, you know, I mean, I, mean I, I would tend not to believe those numbers that much because... Jaleel Okafor is playing what, like thirty six minutes a game, thirty. He's minutes playing a lot, yeah. And so you know those, the times when he's not playing is probably second unit versus other second unit, and that's why the Sixers look better. I'm guessing. I don't know. There's a lot of that. There, there's and also lot. he's not playing with anybody good. Yeah, there's a lot of that noise. But I mean, I think the point is, or the point I wanted to talk about is just, you know, when people attack the numbers, I think I think you just have to understand what's in the numbers, yeah, and try to figure out. You know, if that fits with what you're perceiving or if there are reasons why you might not believe those. And I think there is there is a valid there's some valid questions to be raised with this based on the fact that Jaleel Okafor isn't playing with anybody and he is 
you know, similar to his time at uh, Duke, he is basically their entire offense. So his energy level is low on defense. So that might contribute to, you know, why he's not playing that well on that end of the floor. But concerning to me are some other numbers from Lane Vastro. And he has this thing where you can basically type in any player and mm-hmm. it tells you who's the most comparable player. Yeah. Based on box store stats. And so Jaleel Okafor's is most uh, similar to a bunch of people that should be concerning to you. Okay. Eddie Curry, Spencer Hawes, Maurice Taylor, Anthony McDice, and uh, Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez isn't bad. Uh, I will say <laughs> that he's, even though he's similar to him, he's way worse than him by this number. Okay. So it's like he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's way worse than him. So it's like his comparables right now are not looking too good. And, again, that could be because he's just not playing with anybody else. But his other numbers are looking really good. Well, but he's getting blocked a lot, too. But he's always going to get blocked. But, I mean, that's a bad sign if someone's getting blocked a lot. Yeah, but that's, like, that's his thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, he's a 6'11 guy who does... his thing is to get blocked? No, he's 6'11 and he doesn't have a vertical game. Like, of course he's going to get blocked. Is there, like, a concert going on outside? Is there? <laughs> I think it's all the Sixers fans. The Sixers fans. So, yeah, for listeners at home, we're downtown L.A. There's some sort of a rally for Jaleel happening. It's outside. a rally for Jaleel. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I think I just think based on those so those offensive rating and defensive rating numbers plus these comparables, I would be a little – I mean, it's only 10 games in, and I think, like, last year Wiggins looked like one of the worst players ever. Yeah, and that's something where I was upset with, too, because – that's something where they're touting stats being like Wiggins is the worst player in the league. And no, but, it's I'm like, saying, yeah. but I'm saying, but instead of thinking of it like that, just saying, okay, this is what the information is. Exactly. And but maybe we don't believe it, but this is something that we might start to be concerned about. But it's also really noisy numbers and it's not a big sample size, right? Cause right, you're right. You, not yet. You, not yet. You not have yet. a PhD. Not yet. Oh yeah. This is the first time we're revealing that yeah, on the yeah, podcast. Yeah. I do have a PhD in economics. Like you, you understand sample sizes. Yeah, and ten games is way too small. Well, it's not really the games; it's the number of minutes. But yeah, yeah, but it's okay. way too small. Yeah, and the minutes with Okafor off off the court is a hundred and twelve. Right. That is so small to make a definitive statement saying that the best thing this team can do to win, first of all, which is really bad, because if you look at our complaints with Byron Scott, it's we got to get minutes to these rookies so they get no, better. No, I think I think I mean right. You know, you, so you like you want to play him, but it's. It's a little worrisome how much there. I mean, I think they might want to take his minutes back a little bit. Just because, I think that's just probably to give true. him some some rest. I mean, he might hit the rookie wall and be even worse. Yeah, and I'm not saying I'm not here saying that Okafor is the greatest player of all time, and that you know, look, I watch him he's and the I second greatest player he's second behind, greatest behind, behind uh, Towns behind Towns. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, but you know, it's like those those are things that you have to look beyond the numbers and you have to think about that like the development of a player right and if you're going to knock Byron Scott for not playing his rookies you can't then say well the best thing to win games is sit this guy no the best way is to let him get his mistakes after his first 10 games but i mean i guess we this is a bigger conversation that we can yeah. have later but i mean it is a little tough to have him playing with all those bad players like it might That's be better true. for him to play with a point guard that's true. Both our point guards are hurt. All right. Well, I, I, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't fight. I thought we were going to fight way more. You're a little too pro-numbers, John. I was expecting you oh, no, to be I a little I, more anti-nerd. No, I, based mean, I on, don't like nerds. Based on your emails to me, John was sending me uh, like 
you know. Well, we can talk about that. Screw these nerds. Oh, I will. I mean, like, screw <laughs> First of all, all right. I do have an issue with nerds. A, a lot of nerds. Because <laughs> when I go to Summer League, because this is something, and this is something. You went to Summer League last year. I went year. to Summer oh, League no. the last oh, no. two years. Oh, oh, I don't know. And here's the thing. Going. And, and I, I want other, I want all our listeners to understand this, uh-huh. okay. this part. All the writers you like, all the oh, people God, you no. look up to, all those people, mm-hmm. they're not that different than you and I. Like, besides the Zach Lowe's and the people that are really smart, all, all these websites you go on, they're fucking, like... But isn't that the, why we like them? Because it's like, they're, they just have time to think about these things and write about these things. Yeah, but what I'm saying is they're not, like, better than you. Like, I think there's this myth that, like, oh, this guy writes for this website. He's like, ah, oh, I, I can't challenge his thought process. I can't, I can't question oh, come him. come on. I everyone challenges everyone. I mean, everyone loves to yell about everything. No, I think... Nobody okay, not, not the I mean, common like person, really but I think other writers. I think younger writers like look up, but they should because yeah. that person has achieved some measure of success. Yeah, but they're fucking dorks. Like, <laughs> don't be scared of them. Don't be scared oh, of them. Don't be scared of them. Like, yes, they are. I'm like, look. <sighs> and then you got these writers that are like, like when I listen to Charles Barkley say like, call Daryl Morey a dork and all that stuff, I kind of see his side i be, because you know, but that's you know what that is though that's born out of insecurity though because barkley when barkley went on that rant yeah what's happening is barkley has been trying to get a gm job for the past five years and if this were in 1985 he could get a gm job because those jobs all went to ex-players yeah. now those jobs are going to the stats guys and so that rant where he went on the rant against analytics mm-hmm that's born out of his frustration for not getting a job. No, and I agree, and I and I don't agree with his rant because. Uh-huh. But think, at the same time, you're like, screw these nerds. Well, the, there's two. The divide is that players don't understand what analytics are, right. so they think it's like this mumbo. Like they think that, like Daryl Morey sits around and is like, I'm gonna find this like five foot two white guy, and then he's gonna turn the league upside. No. Like, it's true. The You need the best players. And analytics say that LeBron and those guys best. are the best yeah. players. Like LeBron, like, Durant, AD, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So those guys have it wrong. The part I get from him is when they say a player is bad or they're not good or they're, they're horrible at this stuff, they've never experienced that. Like, you can't – if you're Charles Barkley and you bust your ass in the gym all the time and you work your way up and you play against people that – you know, other people say suck. You're like, he doesn't suck. That guy's a good basketball. I played my whole life. That guy can play, you know? It's like, and then you're going to tell me a dude who can't do 10 push-ups that that guy sucks? Get the fuck out of here. I don't think, it, I don't think it's that, I don't think it's that simple. I mean, I think it's, I think if I was a, an NBA player and there was this like little wiener guy telling me who was good or not, I'd be like, what are you talking about? What are you talking You don't know basketball. Right. But I mean, like things can be quantified. I mean, you, I can, you can still quantify something without having to have the direct experience. And I agree, like, but I don't, I, I don't think know, players think we don't, that we way. Need to, we know that the moon rotates around the Earth. We know exactly where the moon is. We know exactly how fast it's going. This is, no, we don't need to go there and live on the moon to know how fast it's going, all this stuff. We have numbers and instruments that, that can calculate that for us. Same thing with basketball. I don't need to play basketball to know that this guy's good or not. Like, I can look at what the data is telling me. Yeah, but... If there was a moon man living on the moon, 
he would probably know more. He wouldn't know either because he's no. He thinks it's not going anywhere because he can't can't perceive the motion. That's <laughs> he's great. too far in it. No, he'd be like, man, you Earth nerds. All right, we're too far in this metaphor. Uh, let's go. <laughs> let's go to something more exciting. Uh, earlier today, I interviewed um, the designer of the uh, Jimmy Butler boombox slash aquarium. Yeah, I couldn't um, make the interview. Yeah, John can make it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play that tape now. All right, so uh, I'm, I got, it's my privilege to have uh, Sweet Raphael here. Sweet Raphael, right? That's you? Yeah, me, Sweet Raphael. And you're, uh, what would, how do you describe yourself? Uh, phenomenal, and then also I'm the dude of the stars. So like if a basketball player, like you did the Jimmy Butler fish tank yeah, I'm boom Jimmy, box. I'm Jimmy Butler's dude. And so it's a, what was it? It was a fish tank, but it was also a giant boom box? Yeah, yeah. And, and how was that for the fish? Yo, fish are chill. You I know? mean, they don't mind the music. Is nah, this... they they get down. They get down. They boogie. It's you not know? too loud for them. I mean, nah, man, it's underwater. They don't got ears. The fish don't have ears. Nah. I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, well, I ain't a botanist. I'm the dude of the stars. <laughs> Sweet Raphael for the plants, but all right, whatever. Um, so what else? I mean, what else? What's some, what's some of your other work? What else? What else have you done? Oh, you know, I've been working with like uh, some big time stars. I got a uh, Chandler Parsons. Ooh, okay. Chandler Parsons. That dude likes to party. He's a very fashionable man. He's very fashionable. He likes to party. He always got ladies over. All right. You know, he's got a big. He wanted like a big bed that can hold like. Lots of bitches, uh-huh. not just like a normal like four or six bitches, but uh-huh. like upwards of a baker's dozens of bitches. Okay, all right, thirteen, thirteen. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I'm not a baker. I'm uh-huh. that dude. But one of the problems with that is when you get thirteen bitches, they get messy. Right. So he wanted to, a way to clean up for them. Oh wow. Yeah. So we built him a bed Roomba. <laughs> oh wow! So that, yeah, so it's like a bed, and does it go around your place? Yep. So he's got a big place. You get all. It, it's Chandler. Uh-huh. It's like ladies. It's we like, can call him. I don't, we, don't, we don't need to use the B word. Okay, dude. I understand. Okay. I mean, you know. Okay. Just try to keep it clean. Family yeah, podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. So these smuts are on the bed with Chandler. <laughs> Okay. And then right. the bed goes around and it cleans up all their little litter uh-huh. and all their their stuff on the ground. Yeah, I mean that's. I think you could sell that to other people. It sounds like a great. It's, it's almost like a magic carpet, but in your house, moving around. It's wonderful. Um, wow, fantastic. Yeah, Chandler's. That's my dude. Um, who else? Who else you've done stuff with? Oh, Paul George. Mm. Paul George, one of the best players well, out uh, there. Well, uh, yeah. Speedy recovery, Paul George. Yeah. He's coming so, back. So one thing Paul George likes is he he likes caffeinated drinks. Sure. Who doesn't? Yeah, so we were thinking like maybe put in like a, a Starbucks or something. Right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we were like like I brainstorm. I got these like inspiration walls at my house. I just mm-hmm. like write stuff and I think and I right. think. And then we were at a strip club and we wanted caffeine, but we were like, yo, you don't want to leave the strip club. No, but then Sweet Raphael, that's why they call me Sweet, because uh-huh. I got these sweet ideas. It was like, <laughs> okay. yo, a cappuccino machine in a stripper pole. Okay, the girl's got to shimmy up to the top. <laughs> so you're making the girl well, work, too. Well, yeah, she's a, tr- she's a trained professional, man. Right. You know, we don't, it's Paul George. We don't, you know, not, not like so some random she, girl. So it's like, okay, I want a cappuccino, but I also want to be sexually aroused. You'd be surprised so, how many strippers, you know, Used to work at Starbucks. Okay. Uh, so she goes up, gets it, brings it She goes it up. The hottie makes the lottie. Oh, nice. Everyone's happy. It's nice. great. It's great. 
And I understand you did some work for Zebo too. Zebo, one of my favorites. Great, great guy. Love Zebo. Zebo's really very cuddly. Very cuddly. You'd yeah. be surprised. Yeah. Zebo is one of my favorites because he dreams big. Uh-huh. Zebo's a guy that like you know. He was, like, young, and he used to read, like, books, and he wanted those books to be part of his Does life. Does he still read books? He still, yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's fatuous when it comes to reading. Uh, fatuous? Yeah, that's one of Zebo's words he taught me. Okay, all right. So Zebo wanted a zoo, uh-huh. but also he wanted something from his childhood, so I built him a Winnie the Pooh zoo. Oh, nice. Yeah, so a zoo, so zoo's got a tiger. Oh, right. Yeah, and we got a Red Bull. Like, so it's the tiger. Yeah, always so he's always he's always drinking the Red Bull, jumping up and down. Right. You know, we got a we got a bear. Right. Yeah, the bear. We feed him a lot of sugar, so he's got diabetes. Diabetes. Yeah, bear. He's got a diabetes That's, bear. All right. Yeah, probably we, not ethical, but okay. No, it's fine. Uh-huh. It's fine uh-huh. because it's private property. Oh. <laughs> So you could do whatever you want to animals it's private, on private yeah. property. Yeah, you know we got a sad donkey. Right, Eeyore. Okay, nice, yeah, nice. yeah. He just you know. How, wait, how do you know he's sad? Well, we <laughs> you make him sad. You well, we had to whisper some him? sad some <laughs> sad stuff. Him, Yo, your mom died, Eeyore. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know we cut off his tail and pinned it, and we put oh, a little ladder oh, okay, there. You know, right. it's sad. It's right, sad. Right. It's naturally sad. You know, it's Zebo. Like he okay. he came up from nothing. Right. There's an old rabbit, but most importantly, this was the hardest thing. But the most important thing is we we have a, a white child that lives on the zoo. Oh right, because in Winnie yeah. the Pooh there was Christopher Robbins. Yeah, and in Zebo's mind, it's got to be real. Okay, and so this white child is just imprisoned then in the zoo. No, he can go in and out and visit like the tiger and the sad donkey. He can uh-huh. he can walk around. Okay, all right. Yeah, um, yeah, he can do that. Right. I'm not mm, sure you know. again the legality. Um, but what's your favorite? Like, what's the best thing you would say you built? What's I mean, like, all these sound pretty cool, I guess, and vaguely illegal. For what's real. Your favorite thing, though. All-time favorite sweet Raphael invention for the uh-huh. stars, being that dude of the stars, probably goes to Tim Duncan. Oh, wow. Yeah. I brought Tim Duncan this sweet thing. It was a, a lamp. Not a regular lamp, though, uh-huh. because this is Tim Duncan. He's right, a star. Right. Raphael don't just bring no regular lamp. It had uh, three settings. Mm-hmm. It had an off, medium light, and bright light. And you would not believe when I brought it to Tim. Tim was like, oh, this is great. Okay. Uh, so it's great. medium light and bright. I mean, it sounds just like a maybe a dimmer switch that you did. Matt, 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 uh-huh. you have me on your show. Uh-huh. Yeah, thanks for coming on, by the okay, way. Thank, no problem. <laughs> I appreciate it. I really, I really appreciate it. <laughs> but you have to understand, Tim Duncan. Uh-huh. Three settings. <laughs> okay. Think about that. <laughs> why? Why? Because he has three settings in basketball: off, Matt, medium, and bright. Matt, uh-huh. think about that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, no problem. You too. Is yeah. there? Is do you have a website if people maybe want their own bedroom? Uh, nah, nah. I don't know if anybody's going to want the Winnie the Pooh zoo. Just uh, the stripper pole uh, cappuccino thing might be something people like. Nah, you just holler. I'll just come. holler. Just holler. I mean, I guess probably if you get famous enough, people, you you know, you start to run in circles where people would know you. Yeah, they know. You probably just don't know. Do just just ask for man. ask for sweet Raphael. They'll know. All They'll right. Know. Well, uh, <laughs> thanks again, sweet Raphael. Thank you. Thank you very much. And if you guys, your podcast need anything special, uh-huh. just hit me up. Well, I mean, it's just we just have microphones, so I don't know if you can do something to the microphone, but. Uh, Maybe, maybe, maybe put maybe. like a stripper pole on the microphone. <laughs> okay, all right. See, now you're in sweet Raphael's <laughs> world. You got to think sweet. 
to be sweet. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thanks for the wisdom. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, thanks again to Sweet Raphael for being on the show. John, what did you think? Dude. Big really? deal. Big like, deal. that's like a big gap. I mean, here we are, this podcast that tens of people listen to. Yeah. And no one else got the designer of uh, the Jimmy Butler uh, fish tank boombox. Dude, Zebo. Who would have thought he was into poo? He's <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. We should. Oh clarify. yeah, 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 yeah. But he's not I mean, German. Yeah, that's um, awesome. All right, so shout outs, beefs, roll the music. Let's do it. Cue up that, cue up that shout out, beef music. <laughs> My shout out, shout out to President Obama. What? You may have heard of him, John. What? He did an interview today with uh, none other than Bill Simmons, where Obama revealed he would absolutely love to own an NBA team. What do you think? That'd be sick. Would, uh, okay, what do you, okay, like, let's rule out the Bulls. Obviously, he wants. Okay. What, what is your ideal team for Obama to, uh, to run? Ooh. Put him in charge. Do we put, put him, him in charge of the Kings? We talked about the Kings. Did he, we're not, I think Ron Adive is too much fun. See, I think Obama, after these last eight years, what needs, about the, needs what about the to Wizards? relax. No, let's send him to Hotlanta. Oh, like nice. let 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 you him let, let him relax you in Atlanta. What? You know what? That I, Atlanta's a good team. Yeah, and Budenholzer is a good coach, and I think they're going to be good for a while. But that fan base needs to be energized. Yeah, and I think look, if Obama's there. Obama's he's shown up to the game. Yeah, that place is going to be lit. And from everything I've heard, Atlanta. Atlanta gets down. Yeah, and but but they don't seem to like basketball. No, like it but, just seems like that fan base is kind of moribund. Yeah, and I think Obama could vitalize it. I like that. I like that pitch. Yeah, I think he should go down there. I think he should relax. You know, he should. You know. Yeah, it's good weather. Good weather. A lot of strip clubs. <laughs> you think Michelle's down with that? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, like Michelle's got to like. Yeah, he can't bring her. He got to. He got to have the Secret Service service. Well, Secret Service likes that. Yeah, he's got to like work that out. You know. Uh-huh. But yeah, if I was Obama, I'd probably yeah, I'd probably on my way out, I'd say like fuck y'all because y'all right. treated me like shit, mm-hmm. and I would legalize weed and then buy the Atlanta Hawks <laughs> and I'd go down there and I'd do my thing. What about he gets his? What if he just gets his own franchise? What if an expansion Obama franchise? Oh, that would be great. Put it in that's, Hawaii. Actually, that's put it in Hawaii or put it in Kenya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give him Seattle's team. Yeah, give him the Seattle team. Yeah, yeah, that'd, I think that'd, that'd be, nice. be great. That'd be nice. Let yeah. me tell you something. If it came out Obama was buying the Lakers, I I would be back as a fan. Oh yeah, instantly. Oh instantly yeah, back as a fan. Yeah. Would you? Would, would, if he bought the Sixers, would you be stoked? Yeah. 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 No, who's your owner? Your owner is like some sort of faceless hedge fund. Nah, right? nah, nah. He's Josh Harris. He oh, owns. Okay. He owns them. He owns. Could you the, have a uh, more boring name than Josh Harris? Yeah, probably. <laughs> John Hill and Matt Hill. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we've got one last name between the two of us. Yeah. we really shouldn't be talking about we, we billionaire a, hedge funds. Have, who owns? Two, yeah, the Sixers uh, and the New Jersey yeah, we Devils. Have four syllables between the two. Of us <laughs> yeah, I take. I take. Yeah, let's take. Obama down down south, the dirty okay. south. So I, I, Juvenile halftime shows. Yeah. Or Memphis. Ooh. Obama see, and Memphis. Can, yeah, Memphis. Getting down with Tony Allen, Mike Conley. Mike Conley's like a mini Obama. Mike Conley is like the NBA version of Obama, I feel like. 
like good point guard seems like a good dude like, yeah directing things yeah but i see i really want obama to have some fun i want him right. to like relax and be like yeah i would love him to wear just like oversized t-shirts oh yeah to every game with like giant like uh like 90s pants yeah and like t- t-shirts with like portraits of rap stars on them that too. would like, be the, great the hand-painted ones that would be great yeah i'm always disappointed when i see him like playing basketball in like tight sweats and like a big gray shirt yeah yeah come on come on you can do something better come on yeah you gotta wear like he should like i I would love to see him playing basketball with like a headband like goggles yeah he should go old school he should join the Cavs. yeah that's what the cats like high shorts and like high socks great i love it great Great. what a great all right well shout out to obama yeah uh my shout out's very simple uh my buddy andrew lashen who texted me a guy i grew up with one of my best friends Texted me a photo of this sweet uh, Sixer starter jacket that he found at his mom's house and said, "Clean out my mom's house. You want this?" And I just and texted, you're like, "I left it there." I oh! <laughs> his mom's a very sweet lady. Uh-huh, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't even say yes or no. I just I just texted him my address, nice. and a week later I got this sweet ass starter. Oh, you have it? It's right there. My first starter jacket ever. Oh, nice. I can never afford. A, my family can never afford the starter jacket, so I used to wear the the bummy ass Apex jacket. Oh. And now look at me, starter jacket. Yeah, I just bought a. Uh, I just bought a Lakers hat on uh, a Mitchell and Ness Lakers hat on uh, on Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Even though I've denounced my <clears> fandom. Even though you denounced your fandom. <laughs> <laughs> I still the, the hat was fly. Really? So, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, Mitchell and Ness is the best. All right. Uh, I think that's it. I think yeah, we, I think we did a great job. We uh, we we pissed off all the Kings fans. We pissed off all the Republicans by yep. shouting at Obama. Yeah, we pissed Who off Republicans, piss off? Kings uh, well, fans. Sweet, sweet Raphael sweet was Raphael. very offensive to women. <laughs> he was very, very derogatory. Yeah, but that's that's you know we uh, pissed off all the nerds with our oh segment, the nerds yeah nerds. ooh what are they gonna do? <laughs> they gonna well, I don't know. They run the world, so no, they make don't. sure you never work no, again, don't. John. No, they don't. All right, right. Fine. Uh, fine. I so like nerds. They're for cool. you, for those of you who are still here, uh, thanks for listening. Um, Till next week, keep, keep pooping. pooping. <laughs> All right, see ya. Have you ever been to a volcano when it was erupting? You're now listening to Super Hooper. <laughs> a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game. Super Hooper. Super Hooper. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Attention all insurance agents with a current life or medical insurance license. Select Quote has immediate openings for licensed insurance agents looking to build a rewarding career. And you can even work from the comfort of your home. Our average employee makes $75,000 and our top performers make well over $150,000 per year. Yes, I said $150,000. Insurance professionals, are you sick of looking and paying for leads? Would you like to have more than one product or carrier solution to offer? Do you wish that your entrepreneurial spirit and hard work was rewarded? If you answered yes and you feel you have what it takes select quote is looking for you with a fun and fast work environment multiple products pre-qualified leads and great training this is an opportunity you do not want to miss apply online at selectquote.com backslash careers or call 800-896-9009 to learn more select quote is hiring right now don't miss out call 800-896-9009 or visit selectquote.com backslash careers call 800-896-9009 800-896-9009